Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome back to Believe in 49ers, presented by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. I'm your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy Triple I I I I. You can also catch all my written work about the Niners via USA Today's Niners Wire. And it is Super Bowl week here on Believe in 49ers. But instead of focusing on the game, I don't know about you guys, the listeners out there, but when there is such a big game ahead i i kind of have to tune out some of the new noise and focus on a little bit of something else you know that's what i'm like watching my shows or trying to focus on a different sport for a second because the game just can be so stressful thinking about it so we're going to switch gears a little bit here today on the podcast and we're going to talk about the senior bowl because it is one of the most special weeks in the nfl draft cycle and it is currently going on i actually think as we're recording this the game is currently going on right now down in mobile alabama i've been lucky enough myself to go to three different senior bowls and it's just a great week with unrivaled access truly your first kind of taste of draft season where you get to see these guys not necessarily competing for their teams but actually competing for themselves and you kind of learn some new names along with who's going to be a guy you want on your team and who's going to be a pick you could potentially want to avoid and so today on the podcast we're going to talk a lot about the senior bowl and i'm lucky enough to welcome on one of my good friends in the industry uh, Marcus Johnson, he was actually down in Mobile, Alabama, and got to watch these prospects live. But before we dig into that and the rest of this episode, I have a quick message from our friends over at Bet Online. It is playoff time, and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner, Bet Online, is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of the Gatorade. BetOnline is your number one source for championship wagering. Head to BetOnline and join today to get into all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, let's get down to big business. Marcus Johnson of Tape Don't Lie and SB Nation. You can follow him at the Mark John M-A-R-C-J-O-H-N-N-F-L on Twitter amazing with the draft breaking down film i'm lucky enough to call him a friend thanks for joining us mark how you doing man good man how, how you doing bro? good it's been a long time it's been a long time lucky um you know back yeah. in the day me and uh mark actually wrote alongside each other for for raiders wire kind of getting our feet wet in this industry and then actually got to meet up in mobile alabama had a great time a couple two drinks too many yeah uh, yeah part of the week down there but you know that's really what makes it fun um Mark, I just kind of want to start off by like for the fans out there that, you know, maybe just a casual draft fan flip on, um, you know, the draft when it's on and read a couple of the big mock drafts as they come on. What kind of is the senior bowl? Why do you end up going back every year? What's the access like? What makes this week in Mobile so special? Why all eyes are on Mobile, Alabama right before the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, because I think it's the first big uh, like kind of start of the draft season. Uh, this is the East-West Shrine Bowl, but the Shrine Bowl is more like uh, fourth-round picks and up, so it's more like later-round picks. Guys that go and draft, they're kind of more gems that you find like in the fifth round. I know Zay Flowers went there uh, <clears throat> last year, but he practiced for like a day and then left. So you kind of <laughs> see how that was with the East Shrine Bowl. But the Senior Bowl it is the bigger one because, one, there's just actual first-round picks there, right? Uh, there's guys that people want to see. Big time players, um, the best quarterbacks. You know, Justin Herbert was there. Um, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Jordan Love, oh, some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, they were went to the Senior Bowl. So, I mean, it's it's an outlook that way. And of course, if if you're a media member, the access that you get, the access to other media members, you get access to seeing scouts everywhere, and you know, maybe running into a scout, having a conversation, you know, learning some stuff, you know, uh, you know, and it's a great networking opportunity too, for if you want to go out there, but for the draft itself, I mean, it really is the start of the season. You know, some guys can make a lot of money there. Some guys can go from, you know, being a third round pick to a first round pick with a great senior bowl week. You can go from being a fourth round pick to a second round pick. You can make a lot of money going out there and having a great week. So it's a big event that way. And you can find gems too there that maybe you're like, okay, maybe that guy's, you know, Maybe I didn't like his film too much, but he went out there and had a great week. Let me go back to the film. She was trying to see what I missed and maybe something there that he maybe was held back by the scheme, you know, things like that. So you can get ready for the draft and try to figure it out that way. But I think it's it's big for setting up what's going to happen later on. I, I think this year, too, you mentioned some of the big names. I think the one of the senior bowls we were at, we got to see Justin Herbert live. And this was back when Justin Herbert wasn't really like the best quarterback prospect where he had a lot to – prove and you had guys even like myself were like I, I don't know I don't really know about this guy but it seems like every year with the senior bowl it's like they continue to double down with that roster and it seems like it just gets better and better and you're you know maybe rewind five ten years ago whatever it was you didn't mm -hmm. get these top tier prospects like that they didn't have anything to prove necessarily and it just this year this group I mean going up and down that roster there's so many guys personally that I was interested in seeing a lot of guys you know, on Believe in 49ers specifically, whenever we're doing game previews every single week, we'll end the podcast and I'll just kind of rattle off some names that I like in the draft. Well, it seems like a lot of those guys that I was watching, I had circled throughout the season were there this year. What can you kind of say about this year specifically, this senior bowl roster kind of from top to bottom, how good yeah, it really I, is? Yeah, I, I thought it was, it, it was um, stacked, like, going into it. I think some of the guys that um, were going to make it really stacked, because it was at, at first when I, I was really excited to go, because, you know, Byron Murphy from Texas was going to be there. Uh, the center from uh, Georgia was going to be there. <clears throat> he was a really good player. And some of those guys ended up leaving early and didn't mm. end up participating in the senior bowl. So it, it still was a great group though. You know, Jackson powers was out there as a, a great guard, you know, um, James Morgan, uh, Fuyaga was out there. So a lot of the, the good offensive linemen or guys who were first round offensive linemen, they were there. Of course, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Spencer Rattler, um, you know, a lot of those quarterbacks people like that think that maybe could go first round, could sneak into the first round, you know, uh, <laughs> didn't have the greatest showing out there, but some of those guys were able to, um, kind of build their name up, especially Spencer Rattler. And, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, uh, Darius Robinson, those type of guys were out there who are, who are really trying to make a name of themselves. Fisk and uh, Brendan Fisk from Florida State. And in a couple of the corners, especially Quinion Mitchell from Toledo is like an unknown guy. And that's kind of what the senior bowl is kind of like. He's a small school guy, but the NFL is really high on him. And he can go out there and compete with some uh, power five, uh, some power five guys and, and look the part. It kind of solidifies mm -hmm. his first round draft pick. So I think the talent this year, was really it was really good. I don't think there's a lot of depth with the talent. You know, Jim Nagy talked about that a little bit because um, you know, like as you got to the deeper into the offensive line, 
the, the players weren't really that mm. great, as you would say. But uh, the, the top of this senior bowl was excellent. And uh, that was that's why I went out there this year. I definitely wanted mm-hmm. to see Knicks and Penix because the Raiders are looking for a quarterback. So, um, yeah, so I definitely want to go out there and see what they got to do. So, you know, I'm going to ask you about some of the players specifically later, but one of the things that I enjoy about the senior bowl is just kind of like the practices specifically when it comes to the position battles. Cause you can kind of see like outside of like indiv- individually, some of these position groups as a whole kind of really stand out and you can see where they scouted and brought in the recruiting was really good and bringing in certain players in those groups. Was there kind of a specific group that this year you look at and was goes, okay, it was led by, the running backs, the quarterbacks, whatever that means. Was there a group that maybe impressed you the most or surprised you the most that you could see every player in that group potentially getting drafted, you know, before day three type of thing, or that we're going to be looking in April going back, this was the linebacker draft, and it was because maybe they were so good at the senior bowl. Yeah, it was offensive line group for sure. I think the offensive line in this draft is really stacked. If you need an offensive lineman, this is the draft to get it. Uh, you need, if you, that's a focus and you need to get, get a build inside, there's some guards you can get that are really effective. You know, a lot of guys that came in there um, who weren't expected to have great weeks, had good weeks. So, I mean, it was really important for that offensive line kind of solidify itself. And they really dominated one-on-ones, and especially in a, in a position where you're not, especially with the one-on-ones, defensive tackles, they have kind of the, what I say, the, the, the leverage or the, what am I trying to say, the competitive edge mm-hmm. there when it comes to the one-on-ones and the offensive line, they really did a great job, especially on the national team. So those guys really stood out. And <clears throat> there's a lot of, third and second round picks out there uh, at the offensive line. And there were some first round picks out there too. And some guys who really went from maybe being a fringe second round pick to beat, maybe being like a top 10 picker. And so those, the offensive line really dominated uh, this week um, in the American team, maybe not as much, but the national team, I mean, those guys have some special players over there. Um, I'm t- I always butcher his name whenever I say it, but Fuaga, the Oregon yeah. state offensive line. I mean, watching just paying attention on twitter this week to seeing people release practice footage and things like that and obviously the game i mean that is just truly like a hulk of a person and seeing him run around on the field was just i mean this dude he looks as clear cut as an nfl player i, I mean he looks like he was made in a lab in terms of a guy you want protecting your quarterback and for the 49ers i'm gonna you know ask you about this a little bit later because i think mm-hmm. all season long i've kind of harped on like they could use help on the offensive line and it would not be a surprise to me at the back end of the first round that they target one of these offensive linemen on the board in the first round, because I think obviously the right tackle position for them has been problematic throughout the season. Um, But Mark, I think one thing that's always interesting about the senior bowl is with the draft in general, there's a lot of like kind of, you know, group think if everybody thinks the guy's really good and enough people talk about him enough, they are, they just turn really good. Right. And Mm -hmm. You know, each year there's always that sparks up in the senior bowl, you know, the hype, the senior bowl hype train, a guy that kind of explodes this week. And but maybe they're a bit overrated. I mean, I think about times that I've went and I think I've blabbed in your ear enough about Andy Isabella. Right. When, yeah. I, when we went, And it's like, I does he I don't even think he has an NFL career. I think I remember like Penny Hart, uh, the, the uh, wide receiver that went out there and really tore tore it apart. And it's like. I mean, Andy Isabella, I was thinking in my head, I was like, this guy may be a first rounder type of thing, yeah. you know, and now, uh, you know, now obviously not much of a career. Mark, is there, I'm asking you to get a little critical here, but is there a guy yeah. that maybe we need to turn the volume down on, don't buy into the hype as much that you don't really believe it? You got to see it in person, obviously, this week. But what, uh-huh. before we kind of get into the good, the players you did like, was there a player that you're like, eh, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on this and kind of see it play out? If 
you have the pick in front of me. I'll happily let you take him while I, while I wait back a little bit. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, the wide receiver this week was, was McConkie. I think that's how I said it right. Lad McConkie yeah. mm-hmm. from uh, from Georgia. I, I think he was that guy, you know, because really? <laughs> he was winning, right, mm-hmm. on some of those things. But, like, you know, some plays, I was counting to three, right, and mm-hmm. the ball should have been out. But he was had a lot of moves, and he was kind of showing – that some teams might really like that and he might go higher than he actually <clears throat> looks. Cause I mean, he was killing people out there. So, I mean, he was yeah. just dominating co- uh, constantly, um, you know, and I'm trying to think of some, I'm trying to think of some, some defensive tackles, you know, really showed out. And I, I don't think they're as good like that on tape. One was McKinley uh, Jackson uh, definitely had a huge week and was definitely just dominating in the one-on-ones, but on film, he didn't look like that. He's getting pushed back on film and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but he dominated. And I, I think that was a guy that kind of had a chance to really grow. And But it, it would be McConkey for me. I, I feel like that's a – I don't know. I just, just something interesting about that. Just, yeah, he he was running routes, but he would do like three moves in the routes. And I don't know. It was, it was very it's, Hunter Renfro-ish. I, I'm really I'm, – I'm honestly – I'm happy you brought him up because I, I have him written down right here as a player <laughs> I wanted to ask you about because I think during the season watching Georgia – and like I said, big when there are big games that, you know, I'm like, hey, look for number 84 for Georgia. Like this guy is going to he just seems like that quintessential quintessential guy that gets drafted maybe in the first round or in the top 50. And you go like, well, nobody had that. But he has those. The speed looked real to me, like yeah. at least watching him live. I'm not saying I watch film or tape or anything, but the speed looked real. And he was a name that I saw probably the most this week of about mm-hmm. McConkey. And I I've kind of was like, man, I. I like this guy. He is kind of like one turning into one of my guys because I, I was high on him, but mm-hmm. it's interesting to me. What kind of is, in your opinion, his ceiling is he, you know, will we see his name fly off the board in the top 32 picks, top 40 picks? Like, and do you think that is too high? And you're not, like you said, is it more of a Hunter Renfro or is this guy the speed for real? And he's going to go and make an impact is are the Chiefs potentially? It seems like he's kind of the guy that the Chiefs could nab in the first round type of thing to add to that wide receiver room. Yeah, it, you know, because it was just interesting, you know, when he was out there, you know, because he's labeled as a slot receiver, but, you know, he did show a lot that he could probably win outside, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about his height and size, but he didn't strike me as like a tiny guy, right? He's not really, really like a, yeah. a Hunter Renfro type, right? So, you know, there's there's a chance that he can move inside and outside, but you know, you know, some of these guys when they when they win the way he wins, you know, it just takes some time, and you know, he's got to learn how to win quicker. Let's say that, you know, he wasn't mm-hmm. that was my thing. He wasn't winning like super quick, so mm-hmm. when, when he but he has a great release and he he, he is beating people. There's just a, a lot of deceptions, a lot of moves. He's got to learn how to make that more concise. And if he puts the work and he could do that, then I believe that. But, you know, one-on-ones, especially when you get in a situation where you have a great route runner like he is, he's going to try to do what he can do to to, to beat you, right? And uh, but, but sometimes that doesn't always work or translate into the NFL. Because even like, you know, Devontae Adams, you know, he, he does that. He does some of those things where he's just going to do what the hell he wants to do. But it can get, get the quarterback off a little sometimes on timing, even with him when he does it. So, um you know, he, he's got he's got to tone that down a little bit. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. It looks awesome when you're out there. Yeah. And, and it's one on one. These but. drills are catered, catered to pass catchers specifically, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, they should be if you are a top 50 pick, if you are going to be a first or second round pick, you should be winning in these type of situations because it's just, you know, um, playing defensive back at these type of things. It, it is. It's a tough 
you know, it's a tough gig overall. You're, it's kind of meant, you're kind of meant to lose to an extent. So obviously if a guy isn't kind of dominating at a level, it, it, I think to me, it personally comes up as a question mark. Um, one other wide receiver I want to ask you about, and uh, I personally, big time Pac-12 fan, big uh, UW guy, but watching a lot of Pac-12 football in their final season uh, here, it was hard not to, it was hard to not want to watch Caleb Williams every single week and mm-hmm. watch a lot of USC football. Um, went to one of the UFC, USC games earlier in the season and got to kind of see these guys live. And I think it's weird we don't talk about him as much as we probably should just because he probably was Caleb Williams' number one wide receiver for most of the season and the ties that he is Jerry Rice's son. You think that would be kind of a headliner, but Brendan Rice, he was down there in Mobile this week. I don't know, Mark. I mean, I like I said, I think this kid's pretty underrated. Like, I actually think he is – is he legit? Am I wrong with that? Because I saw some stuff coming out this week, and it seemed like his name is kind of picking up some steam as a guy that has impressed people a little bit. And it's almost like because he was Jerry Rice's son and he wasn't really much of an impactful player last season when they had all those crazy wide receivers there, that it was like, oh, like he's not a real NFL prospect. But watching him this year, I mean, he was the true number one in my opinion, for Caleb Williams. And you think for the, a guy to be such kind of an overwhelming favorite to be the number one quarterback taken off the board, their wide receivers usually get some push as well. Rice, I don't know. He, his name doesn't really, in my opinion, circulate as much as I think it should. Am I wrong there? How did he look this week? I thought he looked really well. I thought he played really well. I thought, um, you know, some people were trying to, you know, get on some of his routes and say he's a little stiff, but I thought he was able to kind of win deep which is something he did consistently this week. And not, not even if it's like him blowing past people, it's more about him stacking a receiver. He just seems more concise and understanding how to get open and uh, finding different ways to get open. And I, I, th- I think he's he's still probably more of a, of a late day two guy, like a third round guy, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, really didn't like kind of push himself in the first round, but I thought he did have a solid week, went out there and didn't drop any balls. Uh, he, he ran some good routes. He, he won consistently uh in the one-on-ones um and even against some some better players like Quinion Mitchell and stuff like that so you know Rice went out there had a good week you know his dad was out there so you know he definitely had to try to show out in front of his dad so um mm. yeah he, I, I think he's underrated too I, you know even when you watch film you watch Caleb Williams you know he, he is you're right he's he's the number one guy that he goes to and he's, he's probably the only guy on the team that was getting open consistently too so yeah yeah and it's just it's just where does he fit? I think he's more of a possession receiver at this point. But uh, you know, he did he did show the ability to win deep, especially like he could run some fades and stuff like that. But I don't know if he's gonna be that burner you could just throw 60 yard bombs to, but you could definitely throw like a 30 yard fade to him and he can make a play. And yeah, he, he has great hands too as well. Yeah, and I think most you know, 49er fans out there, I think you'll this will pick up around draft season when they kind of realize Jerry Rice's kid is gonna be on the board potentially. Yeah. Um, and I think that. You know, Jerry Rice is such a fixture in Santa Clara on the sidelines, a part of that organization that um, I do just I think 49er fans will be really excited if he if he's still on the board and the 49ers are somehow, you know, in the in the range of picking him. And it could be potentially disappointing if if he doesn't land in the Bay Area. Um, Obviously, you know, like you mentioned, the Raiders specifically will be looking for a quarterback. The 49ers, obviously not so much, but at these events they're headlined by quarterbacks and one of my favorite players in college football history you and i've talked about him i was kind of asking you i was looking back at our messages when the last time we talked and i was asking you what you thought of him michael Penix jr um obviously husky quarterback talked about him a ton on believe in 49ers they're probably like sick of hearing about him but how did he look this week i mean 
the arm, in my opinion, again, watching him live, seen him in person probably like three or four times now. The arm, in my opinion, is just as real as it gets. It's super live. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was carrying a little bit of an injury or something in that with all eyes on him uh, in the national championship because he was kind of hip firing, looking a little funky. But I think when that arm is really ready to roll, it is as strong as an arm really as we can kind of see in football, especially you know hitting those routes. Did he show that off this week? How did he look? And just what are your thoughts on him? Is he a, you know, do you feel as being, you know, a Raider fan, do you feel comfortable taking him in the, the top 10 and the top five what how early could you see him go and how comfortable are you taking him that high so for Penix, i, I thought Penix struggled a little bit this week um okay. just definitely with accuracy a little bit i mean mm-hmm. his arm definitely is live he definitely had the one of the biggest arms there i mean probably him uh milton and rattler um the, the arm was very live so i mean is the arm is there I, I just thought the accuracy issues that you know kind of you know some of the issues that he even has on film kind of showed up it's just okay. the short passes you know being consistently hitting those short passes he was missing a lot of passes on some like uh quick outs and stuff like that but he had a good day thursday kind of finished the you know red zone session really well had a great throw rolling out uh that was, i think that, that was on uh twitter a lot that, that he really showed you know growth throughout the week mm. learning the system and things like that but i think you know tuesday and wednesday was very shaky for him uh mm. definitely you know it was a weird situation because he didn't play in the game either. We kind of uh, left the game, but yeah, he, he he just he has to show more than that when he's at the Senior Bowl because I think a lot of teams go knock him for his injuries, right? Yeah, and that's my thing. You know, it's for to me, I'd rather take him in, at the top of the second round if I was the Raiders, then mm-hmm. I would take him at thirteen just because I, I I don't know how much you know that accuracy is going to come up in the NFL mm-hmm. and what he's going to what he's going to do there but he, he does have a very live arm um you know he, he throws from some, um, from some weird angles sometimes and you know the the game against uh Texas in the playoffs he was incredible it's a great film to watch but then you mm-hmm. watch Michigan it's a little different uh just dealing with pressure because you know yeah, they had one of the best offensive lines in of football hey man yeah. next year yeah, they, they, they didn't get touched so Seeing some of that pressure, and then you know Wednesday they were under a lot of pressure because the defensive line uh, was definitely in, in team session. They were having a good day in team session, getting some pressure mm-hmm. there. So um, I thought Penix he, he did have a little up and down week, but I think he finished off Thursday well and uh, really showed that he can develop th- uh, throughout practice and, and learn a system yeah. and figure things out. That's been my biggest like question mark to him, just even as a fan and. Um, you know, I had family that went to UW and was talking mm-hmm. to my dad and stuff. And he's just like, this guy's going to be a top three pick type of thing. I'll take him right now. Number one and, and all this stuff. And I, my biggest question, even just as a big fan of his is I do worry how stoic he is. And he got so comfortable having playing behind one of the best offensive lines in football, you know, and if you get drafted early in the draft, you're not going to fall backwards into a great offensive line. We've seen it so many times and, and, you know, the ability to just kind of stay planted back there for an athletic guy and an athletic guy to have some scrambling skills. Um, He does get very, you know, easily just will just stand there and and, and have his arm bail him out. And so it's interesting to me that you, you saw that this week with the pressure and stuff, because I think that is a very, that's the number one question mark for me specifically when it comes to taking him and I would have my reserves, but uh, again, I'm going to be a big fan of him. Always the quarterbacks are fun to watch out there. Mark, I want to ask you specifically if you can kind of, if you can kind of imagine yourself as, you know, in the room with the 49ers, I think specifically offensive line, a group you mentioned that was very strong um, and corner are two positions that, 
I would put at the top of the board if I was the, if I was the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe edge rusher is probably number three on the board mm-hmm. there for them. Uh, but specifically offensive line and defensive back, starting with the offensive line, Kyle Shanahan has a system. He very much has a type he likes on the offensive line. Uh, Fuaga may not be that type that type specifically. Was there a guy that stood out and you go like, hey, that's a that's a Kyle Shanahan offensive line pick right there. Is there a name 49er fans should be kind of be writing down or keeping in the back of their head that you saw this week in the senior bowl that would just fit that system in Santa Clara? Yeah, so, you know, to be honest, I mean, probably the, the best system guy I'm going to say is Jackson Powers. I mean, I think Jackson yeah, Powers is not a surprise. Would be, would be yeah, a he's great a bad fit. man. Yeah, because I think he can run zone and power because I think Shanahan's moving to a mixture instead of just mm-hmm. being wide zone. There's more of a mixture now, especially a lot of the NFL. I mean, Sean McVay's doing the same thing. You know, uh, this could be more power. These linebackers are getting smaller, and we're like, okay, we're just going to beat you up then. So I think that's kind of the move here. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. Jackson Powers is one guy. You know, a guy who had a great week, though, who played right tackle this year for Illinois, but played guard uh, as a junior was Isaiah Adams. I thought Isaiah Adams from mm-hmm. Illinois, who is uh, who played, played a lot of power system, but he was a really good guard as a junior. And then they forced him to play right tackle, I guess. And he was terrible as a pass protector <laughs> at, uh, mm-hmm. at right tackle. He had 30, he gave up 31 pressures, according to PFF, at right tackle. But the year before, he only gave up 11 at guard. So okay. you kind of see the – you know, the, the difference and he was able to be moved inside and, and he had a really good week. Also puny from uh, Kansas, that dude, okay. it, uh, I mean, if they run and run zone, if they run on power, he could do both as well. And, but also he played three different positions this week. So he played left tackle, he played center and he played guard. So he was mm-hmm. all over the place, very versatile. Uh, I think I, it was kind of shocking that he played center because he's kind of a tall leaner guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely has a, has a very athletic quick on his feet. Uh, definitely has a, a lot of that what you like in a tackle, but you know th- that versatility that he can bring is somebody that they could you know look out for too. And you know if they're looking at right tackles, I think James Morgan's a good fit uh, from Arizona. I think he's a good fit. You know you'd have to probably move him to right though, mm. but he's still he's still a, a a good fit for what Kyle Shanahan likes to do because he's athletic. He can move. He can, he, you know he can uh, you know you can pull you know he can get out of there and you know get in the space and, and things like that on screens or whatever you need him to do. Uh, so he'd be a good fit too, but I, I, I still think Fuaga would, would, would be a good fit because Fuaga's athletic as hell. I think he's just, yeah, that dude's a monster. I don't know. Monster, I, I, yeah. I, I, I did a breakdown on him before uh, the senior bowl on my show, and he has this couple plays, man. I, I thought he could play tight end, man. So he could, you know, maybe mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan do a tight end leak with him. Yeah, maybe crazy. <laughs> but he was one of the first guys I wrote about this draft cycle specifically. I just kind of like did a little aggregation of like a mock draft, and he was mocked to the Niners, and I was like. Obviously, being a Pac-12 fan, like I said, Jonathan Smith watching that offense specifically, I remember being like, "All right, let me, I got to see it. Let's watch a little Oregon State." After writing that piece, and damn, <laughs> all that, is, that guy's a dog. Uh, I think I think a team's going to hit a home run if they land him, whatever team may be. Um, and now, kind of shifting because I think the other, you know, the other side of the 49er fan right now that might be arguing, listening to this, going like, "No, we we need defensive back because we've seen just so." So up and down and heading into the Super Bowl specifically, you know, there's probably you could probably go. That's one of the bigger question marks is who's going to, you know, who's going to show up because they've seen had moments from Ambry Thomas. Lenore's looked well, looked good at times, but the consistency has lacked out on the opposite side of Mooney Ward, who's deservingly been an all pro, in my opinion. Um is there a corner that kind of stood out to you that could play in that system with Steve Wilkes and, and, and thrive there and kind of, it seems like, you know, 
in my opinion, they need a guy that could probably play now, you know, type of thing versus, a, you know, develop a developmental corner or even a developmental safety. I, I would think they're trying to, especially with that number 31 or 32 pick, they're trying to target a guy that can play day one on the secondary. Yeah, so at corner, I think the one guy that had a great week was Jarvis Brownlee from Louisville. Um, definitely oh, okay. a guy that I, I didn't really have on my radar, but uh, mm. he was dominant in one-on-ones. We're talking about how that's a wide receiver drill. Man, he was running the guy's routes for them. He had a couple wow. picks in one-on-one. He had a, I think he had a pick in a uh, team session, and then he had a pick today in the game. So um, <laughs> he, he was all over the place. So that's a guy that really made a lot of money, but – you know, since he didn't have a lot of buzz, I don't know if he'll sneak into the first round. Maybe he'll have a great combine. He's the type of guy that already started his process. Got it. To maybe sneak into the first round or be late first round. So where you know where the Niners are picking at, he might be that type of guy. And he's just a dog, man. I mean, he, mm. tell you, he he was physical. He's in guys' faces. He's running the routes for them. You know, sometimes the quarterbacks couldn't even throw the ball when he was guarding the guys. So he was out there just being dominant. He had a great week. Uh, definitely stood out. And like I said, he even finished it off in the senior bowl game with the interception. So it, wow. he just made a lot of money and that would be somebody, the Raiders, the 49ers, the Raiders, the 49ers get out, <laughs> uh, check out at the, at the, uh, the back of the draft. Cause he, he might be that type of guy that could sneak into the back of the first round or even just, you know, be a second round guy that, you know, you could pick up. Awesome. Well, Mark, we talked a ton and you mentioned you've dropped so many names of prospects that I'm definitely going to be looking into. And as we heat up, around the draft here. I'd love to obviously have you back on, but also Mark, as much of you, as much as you know about the draft, you're also a big football fan. Like you said, a Raider fan. I want to ask you a couple questions about the Super Bowl. Okay. I could imagine I've seen the memes, the tweets. This is obviously chiefs versus 49ers, not the best Super Bowl matchup for the Raider fans out there, but I also think it's going to be interesting to get your opinion because here on believe in 49ers, obviously talk about the 49ers a lot, write about them. I'm not a Niner fan myself, but I'm also very, you know, in the 49ers realm and Brock Purdy is a conversation that, you know, we've had all year long dating back to training camp. Is this guy still the start? Is he going to be the starter? Does Trey Lance deserve a crack? I mean, we've had every which way conversation about him. And I feel like sometimes I need to step back and hear the outsider opinion. So I just, before I ask you a couple questions about the Super Bowl, and we wrap things up here. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's your just general overall thoughts on Brock Purdy. Are you one of his critics? Are you one of his believers? Do you kind of land in the middle? Um, how you know? I've saw somebody say uh, he's not even a top fifteen player on the Niners roster. You know, the the conversation with him is so uh, wild, but it's interesting. It's interesting, and I think it you know obviously pisses 49er fans off. And mm-hmm. uh, from an outsider's perspective, what what's just your general thoughts on him? And how what do you think of his performance in the playoffs and wh- where do you land on just the Brock Purdy story I guess you could say yeah you know I think I think Brock Purdy you know he, he gets a lot of hate because I think it's because he's misrelevant I think we have to start there right mm-hmm. I think that's where the the main hate goes because you know Don't you think though that's almost like we love the underdog story it should be a fun, it should be a fun thing like it should I, I always like hear that and I go like wait like Tom Brady, you know, like a really late draft pick that was ultra successful. Everybody's favorite underdog. And now you have, you're kind of watching this Brock Purdy story in real time. And and you, like you said, you, he gets hate for it, which I, I don't know. I find that backwards. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird, but it starts there. Cause you know, even Amy Trask, when she cause talk about there's seven quarterbacks, yeah. it was more about the, yeah, there's seven first round picks and there's Brock Purdy. 
right? And, and it really just where it starts. Because let's just say if Trey Lance was putting up these numbers, man, he'd be MVP. It wouldn't be questioned. It would be unanimous. If, the, yeah. if Trey Lance came in here and was doing the same exact stuff and adding some rushing yards behind it, he'd be MVP unanimous. Because mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, when you look at Brock Purdy, one, he's a second-year player. I think we got to start there. He's only been in the NFL two years. We don't know where he's going to be in four or five. And yeah. to have this fast of a start and, uh, you know, put up the numbers that he's putting up, and you could say that Jimmy Garoppolo put up the same numbers, he didn't. I mean, he, you know, Brock Purdy was putting up some historic numbers at some point. He kind of fell off a little bit at the end of the season, but he was he was on a pace. And you could even look at his first two years. He's, he's up there with all the great quarterbacks. You could say that he has all the talent around him, and that's fair to say. But I think it's a lot of hate comes to the seventh round pick because even on film, he has pretty good film too, man. It's, it's not like he he sucks on film or he makes all these stupid decisions like people try to make it seem like. He's just he executes the hell out of that offense. He knows where to go all the time, um, you know. So it so he does the boring stuff, and he does the boring stuff more often. He just doesn't have like those huge highlight throws like he's Justin Herbert or nothing like that. Mm. But he still has a lot of good plays, and he he can make plays with his legs. He can scramble a little bit. Um, and we saw that this last game where he was able to rush for 40 yards in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, and, and, and honestly, he, he's clutch too. So he, yeah. he's playing he's playing his best when they need him to play the best. And I think to win a Super Bowl, is, I think the formula to win a Super Bowl is, hasn't really changed. I think the media wants it to change, but the formula is a good quarterback that is clutch on a great team. I mean, that's – I mean, it's been happening for years. And that's why we see all these big dog quarterbacks lose to teams that maybe are better with a good quarterback who doesn't yeah. try to turn the ball over as much and he and he's clutch and makes plays when they need him to make plays. So I think that's it's the same formula it's always been. And I think that people are just hating because he's a seventh round pick. I I don't see any other reason because hundred mm. percent if it was Trey Lance, just imagine it was Trey Lance <laughs> doing the same damn thing, same numbers, unanimous wow. MVP. Lamar Jackson wouldn't even be in the discussion. It'd be Trey I think Lance that's a great day. point what you talked about too about the formula of winning the Super Bowl. I mean I think you know we're in this era where we have a lot of star quarterbacks like Lam- like you think of Lamar and Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and the list goes on and on and you kind of think you need one of those guys to win it but if you look back you know the teams that have done really successful are kind of like what you pitched but um this game specifically Mark um I haven't dug super deep into it yet we're going to do some more stuff later in the week here I'm believing 49ers but what's just your overall thoughts on the Super Bowl is there I love talking about specific matchups. That's maybe not, you know, the quarterback and stop Travis Kelsey. Is there kind of an underlying uh, matchup that you're going to be paying attention to, a matchup that could potentially define this game? And just what's your overall thoughts on this Super Bowl specifically? Uh, I, I think the big matchup in this game is the Chiefs defense first, kind of how Brock Purdy handles Steve Spagnuolo and how, and how they handle Chris Jones. I think it's going to be a big thing to this game because the Chiefs on offense are not scary. Okay, they are not scary on offense. I know they got Patrick Mahomes, but they only put up 17 the week before. And the Bills, I don't know what the Bills are doing. They just they just weren't prepared for them. But you you saw how the Ravens were able to adjust and just shut them down. Because I mean, I watched I watched the Raiders beat them, man. The Raiders just had a great pass rush, and they were able to get get after the quarterback. And the Niners, they can do that because at the end of the day. They want to pass the ball. They're not going to try to do what the Lions did, which is try to beat them up at the beginning of the game. They might start that way a little bit, and they're going to do some more running than they usually do, but they want to pass, right? And I think if the the the, the tackles are so weak for the Chiefs, I think the, the Niners can stop them. But on the other side of it, I think the Chiefs' defense is very 
very good. I think they're historically good. People aren't mm. really talking about it. We talk about the Ravens being historically good, but they haven't given up more than 20 points all year. All right. And like the other defenses have done that, like the 2000 Ravens, mm. uh, crazy defenses you could think of. Those are the only defenses wow. that do that type of stuff. So this is going to be not a high scoring game. I'm going to say that first. It's not going to be a high scoring wow. game. It's going to be a 2017 kind of, you know, barn, you know, kind of, you know, and Brock Purdy's going to have mm. to be clutch and maybe outdo Patrick Mahomes late in the game. Wow. And that's where, it gets who's going to do that, right? Is he mm-hmm. going to be able to, you know, outduel Patrick Mahomes and make a clutch play? Because if it gets, if it's 17, thir- let's say it's like 13, 10, it's going to go back and forth. You know, Patrick's mm-hmm. going to try to answer, right? So you got to try to keep the ball away from Patrick late while also having a, some, a clutch drive because it's going to be a close game. And this Chiefs defense is yeah. no joke. I think people don't talk about it enough. You saw what they did to Lamar. They did that to everybody mm-hmm. all year. I mean, it, I mean, like some of the Raiders game, yeah. Daniel Collins didn't complete a pass for three quarters. Yeah, look, I mean, even they shut down, absolutely took away Tyreek. I think Steve Spagnuolo um, is just, you know, in his bag right now. I think he he's like an underrated, like, MVP to the Chiefs season. I think he's just been pretty amazing. And obviously, like, you know, I'm, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Mm-hmm. They got their lunch money taken by him specifically. You know, like Mike McDaniel got flat out outcoached. And uh, yeah. talk about whatever you want with Tua and stuff, I just – I thought the game was almost lost there. I could tell it was a loss in the first quarter just because of how good the Chiefs defense looked. And I think it's interesting you bring that up. And I got two more questions for you here, uh, Mark, and then I'll make you stop talking about this miserable Super Bowl <laughs> matchup. For, uh, but uh, finally, you know, do you have a prediction for the game? Who's winning? Um, put you on the spot here. Can I get, uh, you know, a who's going to win, why, and the score prediction? Yeah. All right. So I, I think the Niners are going to win this game. I do. I, wow, do. Okay. I do think the Niners are going to win this game. And uh, one, because one, I just think Cam Newton's talking too much. I think he's been talking too much all <laughs> year, and, and I think he's just going to feel it. He's going to feel that that karma of talking too much. And uh, that's just a different case for me from with that. But I think Brock yeah. Purdy, <laughs> I think I, I think the, the Niners are just the better team, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to come out. And I think the Chiefs offense is not what people think it is. And I think if you can stop Kelsey, which, I mean, it's hard to do in the playoffs, I mean – that's the hardest thing you got to do. If you could slow yeah. him down and you make Patrick Mahomes play through the other guys, you want MVS to beat you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the Niners are going to make enough plays to stop them. Um, you know, even though Mahomes, he, he's in his game manager mode too, though. So I, I think that, you know, we talk about game manager, game changer. But he's a, he's playing game manager right now. He, he even talked mm-hmm. about that after the game. He's not going to be taking too many chances. So mm-hmm. the game's the game's gonna be close. I think they just got to. Uh, I do think the Niners pull it out at the end. Um, I think their pass rush is gonna get to Patrick Mahomes a little bit and maybe force him out of the pocket more than he wants to right now. He's not really. If you notice, he hasn't scrambled as much in the playoffs. If you notice, mm-hmm. he has been running around. I think that's what the Niners want to do. They got to get him running around. That's what the Raiders did. Get it, get him running around in circles like his old self, like he, like he used to, and you know he'll start. He'll make some mistakes. So yeah, um, I, I think this, the Niners are gonna win this game. Mm. Okay, so I wanted to ask you this secondly because I felt like it might give away your prediction for the winner. But I, I think here on Believing 49ers, we obviously love to talk a little bit about, you know, the gambling side, the betting side of things. And I think one of, you know, the, all the prop bets are fun and everything, but they're also not fun <laughs> at the end of the day. But I think one of the more things that I always love to bet on is Super Bowl MVP. You know, it's it's one game and I'll never – bet on a quarterback because that's just lame and it's not fun and i think finding your underrated guy and being lucky enough for you know uh having a von miller ticket to win mvp and he and he has a big performance you know type of thing 
Uh, is there a guy in this game that you might sprinkle some uh, dollar bills on? That's an underrated. Give me a, give me an underrated Super Bowl MVP that in you know a week from now, two weeks from now, or whatever we're talking like. Damn, Mark called that, and, and I wish I would have. I wish I would have put some dollars on that. Uh, I love Christian McCaffrey. I think okay. Christian McCaffrey, yeah, Super Bowl MVP. I, I know that's the other, other easy one, but mm. but I was th- I was thinking if, if it was like a wide receiver, they gave it to Purdy. Like it was, yeah, like, like yeah. how you got like thirteen catches yeah. for two hundred yards, they'd give it to yeah. Purdy, right? Because or something like that. So uh, I think it would be Christian McCaffrey because I think he's going to be the main difference maker mm. in this game. I think he's going to be able to you know control the clock. I think he's they're going to feed him a lot. That's how you beat the Chiefs defense is running the football. That's their weakness. You know, mm-hmm. everybody was yelling at the Ravens. I mean, that's how the Raiders beat them too. You know, Samir White had 145 yards. And I think Christian McCaffrey, he's going to help out risk Chris Jones too, because he's, he's going to be that dump off guy. He's going to mm-hmm. make some guys miss, even though the uh, Chiefs tackle really well. But McCaffrey is just a beast, man. And, and I think, you know, he got kind of left out of the MVP race altogether. And they're kind of mm-hmm. just forcing it to a quarterback, in my opinion, by giving it to Lamar. But uh, um, yeah, I think that, that dynamic is going to come back and help him. And he's going to win that Super Bowl MVP. Cause I think he's going to make a big difference, especially if he has like two touchdowns, has like yeah. a lot of, a lot of scrimmage yards and makes a lot of plays. Right. And, especially I, and I think, he, I think he has, to, I mean, I think if the 49, I don't think the 49ers win this game, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have an MVP as performance, I, I don't, I don't think getting into like a quarterback duel, will be uh it's a good decision for for the 49ers specifically i think that's the the first thing that i thought when i found out the 49ers are going to the super bowl and they're going up against the chiefs i'm like get back to crazy like mccaffrey needs 20 touches type of thing a minimum type if not more than if not a lot more than that and uh yeah so i completely agree with you we're on we're on the same page i'll definitely uh be interested in that one but Mark, that's going to do it for us. I appreciate you sticking around for a long time, getting the full podcast in. And if you are obviously loved some of Mark's takes and you want to find out some stuff about the draft and some film reviews, um, you can follow him on Twitter at the Mark John NFL. Um, and you can also watch his show, Tape Don't Lie, through SB Nation on YouTube and wherever else you can get your podcasts um thank you so much mark and i really appreciate it man it's been great talking and i personally i love the draft we both started out doing scouting academy kind of wanting to get into this side of it but it's also like now i just talk a lot about the 49ers and basketball and stuff so it's nice to kind of nerd out about the draft stuff man it's, <laughs> nice, it's fun nice. i still pay attention to it i i love it i do i love college football and seeing these guys where they go from here and i think even on believe in 49ers, whenever I'll get going, I'll get to the end of the podcast where I can talk about my draft stuff, my takes, and I'll just be going on rumble and looking. I'm like, damn, I'm like 20 minutes in now. I, I got to move on. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The draft is great, man. I love the draft. It just, yeah. it, it, I didn't realize how I know how much I like it to like, you know, I started getting back into it you know, right now. Mm. And I really do like breaking down these guys. So it is. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Um, like I said, you can follow Mark at the Mark John nfl on twitter um but that's going to do it for us here on believe in 49ers i really appreciate mark's knowledge insight and just kind of putting a raider fan through predictions and super bowl mvp on 49ers versus chiefs is kind of some cruel and unusual punishment um but anyways we'll be back later this week to dive into more super bowl talk i'm going to preview this game in full um i'll give you my prediction we're also going to talk about some props we like and things like that so stay tuned for that later here in the week on believe in 49ers and you can always hit me on twitter to talk some ball you want to talk about the warriors 
or you got to take on a player in the NFL draft, like we always say, or a good prop bet that I need to look at. Always ride with my followers here on Believe, my listeners here on Believe in 49ers. And thank you again to our sponsor, Bet Online. We will be back here again on Believe in 49ers soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.